Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Brainwaves. Hear the world differently. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio Wednesdays at 5pm for Brainwaves, Melbourne's drive-time radio show, giving voice to people with mental illness. One in five have a mental illness, but five in five can enjoy this great program featuring heartwarming stories, great information and some laughs as well. Find us at 3CR, 8.55 on your AM dial. Sponsored by Mental Illness Fellowship of Victoria. Bisexual Alliance is a non-profit organisation dedicated to raising awareness and supporting people who are bisexual, people who are multi-gender attracted, their partners and their families. Bisexual Alliance runs several monthly discussion groups in and outside of Melbourne to offer support, a safe space to chat about your experiences and to explore others' experience of multi-gender attraction. These groups are for bisexuals, those who are questioning and their loved ones. For more information, visit bi-alliance.org or email info at by-alliance.org Welcome to Brainwaves on 3CR 855 AM on the dial On today's show we have Michelle Facilia, author of the children's book My Happy Sad Mummy The children's book tells the story of a young girl living with a mother who experiences manic and depressive episodes also known as bipolar disorder Also in the studio today we have um, Kiara and Christopher and panelling is myself, Kathy Over to you guys um, oh, actually, I'll start with the first question. Uh, it is a pleasure having you on the show, Michelle. Please tell us what was the motivation for writing this children's book. Thank you for having me today. Um, I wrote it because at the time when I was first diagnosed with bipolar in 2007, my children were six and three, and there was nothing suitable in the way of books that I could find. Um, being an author and having young children meant picture books were a big part of our lives. When I was uh, in hospital, I asked the staff to help me find a picture book that could help explain my illness to my children. It took a long time before they came back to me, and when they did, I was given a list of resources, which really didn't meet my needs. The very few picture books on the list were largely overseas titles, they were very dated, were extremely difficult to source. And by this I mean I had to go to a lot of trouble to obtain them. For example, I remember there was one book on the list that required me to bring overseas, which I did, but I never got through. It was a very frustrating experience, and when you're sick, it makes it even more difficult. What I wanted was a suitable book in my hands right then and there. There wasn't one, so years later, when I was well, I decided to write one myself. That's incredible. How, and um, how has the, the uh, book been received so far? Well, uh, it's been received really well. It's unique in that there's less than a handful of books worldwide that deal with the issue of bipolar for preschoolers and lower primary school age children. Um, To my knowledge, and I've searched widely, there's very little in the way of mental uh, books for about mental illness for for children of that age group. And this is in, in spite of the fact that one in five children live with a parent who has a mental illness. Um, this fact means it's been a very welcome addition to the few books about mental illness for children and that's why it's been so well received. 
It's a type of book that's aimed at a niche market and it was not one that the traditional mainstream publishers were particularly interested in when I first approached them, nor is it the kind of book that you're going to find in a typical bookstore. The difficulty, therefore, has been in trying to get the word out there that it is, is, exists. And unfortunately, many of our major mental illness organisations can't recommend it and or endorse it because of their guidelines about commercial books or the fact that they print their own material and they don't deal with books other than their own publications. So at the moment, it's very much a case of word of mouth. Mm, it does It does really make it, make it hard when um, organisations can't kind of get get behind you but it is definitely something um that is needed out there um and is definitely um relevant for today's for today's kids um what do you think the effect of the book will have on children who don't have uh bipolar parents is it your goal with this book to reach all audiences of children or just children who have uh, a parent with bipolar well um there's several reasons i wrote my happy sad mummy and some of these are that I mainly wrote it for the thousands of young children all over the world who are living with a parent or a guardian with a mental illness. And I also wrote it for these same parents and guardians who need some kind of framework to help explain the illness to the children in their care. It's a, it's a tool they can use to begin an ongoing dialogue about why they sometimes behave in strange or distressing ways. And finally, I I wrote it as a resource for childcare workers, kindergarten teachers, librarians, psychologists, counsellors, anyone working with young children who may benefit from such a book. Having said that, um, the book, according to uh, Professor Philip Mitchell, who wrote the foreword um, for the book, he's the professor and head of School of Psychiatry at the University of New South Wales and director of the Black Dog Institute, He states that the book is not only an invaluable resource for families adapting to a parent developing bipolar disorder, it is an attractive and sensitive introduction for other young children to understand and de-stigmatise this common mental illness. So he has um, basically said that it's not just for children with uh, parents or guardians with mental illness, that it's useful for all children. And that was something that I wasn't expecting when I wrote it. Mm, so it's actually aimed at breaking down stigma for perhaps other kids as well, you know, mm. who may have friends, you know, who have a parent with bipolar and perhaps shedding a light on or increasing their understanding as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My Happy Sad Mummy has some very beautiful watercolour illustrations with a... Uh, terrific emotional expressions and vivid colors. These illustrations were done by Lucia Masciolo. Pronounce, if I can correct that if it's wrong. Um, what are your thoughts on these illustrations? Um, I just thought they were beautiful and I've had nothing but positive feedback. Uh, she's an award-winning illustrator and I, I, I believe it shows. And it was a pure delight just working with her. She'd forward all her roughs to me and my editor for comment before she produced the final illustrations. And she was always open to suggestions and took our request into account without question. So, yeah. That's wonderful. What's the significance of nature in this book? There's a number of references, both in images and words, to gardening, trees, flowers, and uh, stems and oranges. Could you tell us more about these? 
things? Um, it's a funny question to answer. It wasn't something that I set out intentionally to do. It just seemed to come about. The text and illustrations in the story about the mother up gardening in the middle of the night are actually based on something I, I actually did. Um, and I use this example as one to show the irrational state of mind and the endless energy of the mother during one of her manic stages. In the book, it shows a mother and the young girl doing a pleasant activity together, that gardening, including planting flower seeds. However, when the little girl tires, the mother just keeps on going. And later on in the story, these seeds sprout and the little girl runs into the house excitedly to show her mother, who barely notices them. Later, when the grandparents come to look after the little girl while her mother's in hospital, the grandfather spends time gardening with his granddaughter. But unlike the little girl's mother, both the grandfather and the little girl stop to rest. And afterwards, they eat cake with icing on top, made with the oranges grown from the orange tree in the garden. And finally, there is a scene at the end where the little girl goes to visit her mother in hospital and brings the flowers that have grown from the seeds they first planted together which symbolises their common bond, and that is their love for one another. That's really beautiful, Michelle. Um, the The cover of the book itself is is quite um, is quite powerful. Can you um, could you describe it for our for our listeners and um, tell us a little bit about the story that it's trying to convey? Um, the front cover illustrates a young girl. She's sitting in an orange tree, looking very solemn while there's two images of the mother on either side of her and the tree. One image of the mother has her face full of makeup. She's laughing. She's dressed in brightly coloured and mismatched clothing. She's dancing. And in the other image, on the other side of the tree, she's on the ground crying and wearing her pyjamas. The image is supposed to highlight the two facets of the mother's illness, that is, the highs and the lows. And this is depicted by the clothes she wears and how she acts when she's in the garden. The little girl watches from the safety up of the tree high up in the branch. She's bewildered and she's concerned by both states of her mother's illness. Okay, thank you for that, Michelle. That was beautiful. We're going to uh, take a short break, but please stay tuned for more Brainwaves. And this is Spinal Blues by Jim Blake. Would you like to get involved in the decision-making process at 3CR? Nominations are now open in 3CR's Community Radio Federation elections. You can stand as a subscriber representative and have valuable input into the programming and future direction of this diverse and dynamic radio station. Nominations are due Wednesday, 17th of February at 5pm. For more information, contact 3CR's station manager, Mary McEwen, on 94198377 or download the nomination form from the 3CR website, 3cr.org.au forward slash people. Welcome back to Brainwaves. Um, in the studio um, today with us we have Michelle. I'm talking about her book, My Happy Sad Mummy. And um, we would love uh, for you to read out a small portion of My Happy Sad Mummy for our listeners, Michelle. Yep, sure. That'd be great. Um, Sometimes my mummy has very happy days. She laughs and laughs and talks to me all day long. She hardly stops talking and she wants to do everything except sleep. 
One day, Mummy and I worked in the garden for ages. We pulled out weeds and planted flower seeds. Then I got tired and fell asleep under the orange tree. When Daddy came home and carried me to bed, Mummy was still working in the garden. She wouldn't stop or come inside. Not even when Daddy said she needed to stop and rest. Sometimes my mummy has very sad days. She cries and cries and hardly talks to me at all. She's very quiet and she doesn't want to do anything besides stay in bed or sleep. One day I saw a stem poking out of the ground. I wanted mummy to come and see, but she was too tired. So I picked the stem and brought it to her. She hardly looked at it. When Mummy keeps on laughing or crying and she can't stop, Daddy says it means she's sick. He says her brain isn't working properly and she can't look after herself or me. He says she needs help to get better. Sometimes she needs to take medicine. Sometimes she needs to go to hospital. Then doctors and nurses look after her and Daddy and Grandma and Grandpa look after me. Thanks so much, Michelle, for, for reading that out for our listeners. When you were reading that out, I, I felt the devastation that the, girl exper- that the young girl experienced when she went to go bring the stem to her mum, and her mum was just too unwell to just notice. It was almost as if nothing else existed, and that just the the confusion and and sadness that the girl experienced um that was something that that really spoke to me when when you were reading that just now yeah yeah it's a sad part of the book Mm. yeah i was wondering how you thought the girl reacted when her father explained that her mom was ill and that these states of mm, different expression were a result of that how do you think the girl felt? Um, well, I'm hoping that she would. The whole idea is that she'd feel reassured mm-hmm. um, and comforted by the fact that her father's giving her some reasons why her mother's acting the way she mm-hmm. does, and that there is help available, and that with the help that she's going to, you know, go back to being the mother that she wants somewhere in between this manic and depressive state. Yeah, I, I really love the fact that the family is so honest and upfront with the young girl about her mum. Mm-hmm. They treat her like an adult. They don't um, say, oh, mummy's going away for a while, or they don't kind of sugarcoat it. They're very honest and say, mum's brain's not working well at the moment, but doesn't mean she doesn't love you any less. And sometimes she's going to be happy and sometimes she's going to be sad and putting it in a way that actually builds trust with the child as well. I think that's so, so important um, that a child does have an understanding of that. And I really love how the family come together as well, how the parents come in and they Mm -hmm. take care of um, the young girl when mum's in hospital and, um, like, the family all plays a role Mm -hmm. in, in that. I think it's beautiful, the role of family in the book as well. Yeah. And when I was doing the research for the book, uh, there was a lot of said about being honest with um, mm. the children and not trying to, like you said, sugarcoat it or 
uh, steer away from the truth. And that's one another reason I wrote the book um, I mentioned earlier on that it's a framework for for parents or guardians to to start a dialogue, an ongoing dialogue, um, explaining the illness in child-friendly terms, of course, um, because if they don't know what's going on, they not only they become fearful and, you know, wary, they, they start making up things in their mm-hmm. own mind. They might even blame themselves. Mm-hmm. So that's why I thought it was really important to try and convey that message that, you know, it's really important to explain the illness fully mm-hmm. and as, as much as they can. And it can be hard. It's Most parents don't know how to talk to their six-year-old child about mental illness you know it's mm. almost like where do you where do you start yeah um but that's what I, I love about this book it does it in such a gentle a gentle way and from the perspective of the young child mm-hmm. yeah so that they can relate do you feel that the understanding presented to the young girl or to any young child reading this book uh, offers a framework of support for the child and the parent with bipolar so sorry i'm not quite following um do you think that the understanding about the issue of the disease mm-hmm. in the family offers a supportive framework for yep. the child? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think that it helps the child or empowers the child to even be supportive for the parent? Oh, for sure. Um, without that knowledge, I mean, they sort of, as I said before, go away and they might make something up, whereas mm-hmm. they're able to help in their own way however small that might be you know like bringing the flower to them to mm. mother when it's appropriate and when the mother can appreciate it and then being aware when um she's not well that it's not her fault or the right. child's fault that's beautiful mm. um just moving on from that now michelle are you can you tell us a little bit about um what have been the positive impacts so far for getting um, this book out there? Um, I've received a a lot of positive feedback uh, and so many people have told me how much a book like this one is needed. Uh, Some parents have told me how the book has been positively embraced by their children even when they haven't had a parent in the family with bipolar. And from feedback I've had, it's been used in a lot of kindergartens and preschools as a way of talking to children about different types of families. And that's been a really pleasant surprise, as I was worried to begin with, that only families with a specific member having bipolar would be interested in a book of this kind. But just going back to what uh, Professor Mitchell wrote in the foreword, it seems like kindergartens and similar institutions are using it as a a sensitive introduction to the meaning of in, uh, mental illness, and that, of course, can only be a good thing. Mm. So this book will be the first in a succession of picture books that deal with mental illness in a sensitive and age-appropriate manner. Can you tell us a little bit more and where to from here? Well, I've, um, I've actually written another book called Together Things, which um, my publisher has taken on. Uh, it's about a father who has depression and it too is written from the point of view of a young person but it's a son in this case and like my happy sad mummy it's also aimed at preschoolers and primary age children 
And it tells the story of the young boy who's frustrated by the fact that he can't do all the things he used to do with his father because he's currently depressed. And the story depicts different activities the son and father can do while the father's sick and in doing so preserve their loving relationship. Um, I've got a, a few more books in the pipeline, but they're very much very rough at the moment. But this one's actually going to be published. It takes a while for the books to come out, so we could be looking another 12 months or so. But... Um, I'm hoping this one in particular, Together Things, that it's going to have um, even more audience appeal than My Happy Sad Mummy because it's about depression in general, which, as we all know, there's more people in the population who have depression than bipolar. Mm. Um, And that, of course, it's my hope that by writing these picture books that it'll help demystify mental illness and make the discussion of uh, mental illness with the young children a less daunting task. Yeah, you know, in, um, I suppose, a, a perfect world, there would be almost like a series <laughs> for all of the different kind of mental um, health experiences that people have and them all put into children's books so mm. that um, that education about mental illness, because that's where the stigma starts. It often starts in high school. You know, it's it's um, it happens quite quite young Mm. so if you know that acceptance and that understanding and awareness happens you know primary school in those you know really early years um that's where we're going to see social change and um community you know change on a community level um in terms of acceptance so that's fantastic um we might have to have you back on the show when the (laughs) when the second when the second book comes out um if any of our listeners um, are interested in purchasing um, My Happy Sad Mummy, it is um, you can get that from uh, all good bookstores and also online. Um, Michelle, if listeners would like to find out uh, more information about your book or about yourself, um, mm-hmm. are you able to give our listeners your website? Sure. Um, it's www.michellevasiliou.com and Vasiliou is spelled V-A-S. I L I U. Also have um, a face page book, which uh, if you look under, you Google it and write "My Happy Sad Mummy," it'll come up. And um, if you want to contact me, you can contact me via the website, which gives details of my email address. And the book, um, if you order it through myself, would be discounted and also signed, as opposed to getting it from a bookstore. But as you said, it's available online. Yeah. Wonderful, and we'll be adding the link to our um, podcast on the 3CR website and also on the Brainwaves podcast page. Okay, thank you for coming on to our show, Michelle, and talking about your book, My Happy Sad Mummy. Thank you for having me. It was was, a pleasure. It was great to have you. (laughs) And we look forward to you coming back on to our show next time. Thank you. Okay, um, you can listen to podcasts of our show at 3cr.org.au and iTunes. Send us feedback, thoughts, or just in, get in contact um, and email us at brainwaves at m- mifellowship.org. Uh, post to brainwaves at 3CR, PO Box 1277, Collingwood, Victoria 3066, 
Thanks for listening and be sure to tune in to 3CR next Wednesday at 5pm for another episode of Brainwaves. Stay tuned for a renegade economist coming up next on 3CR. Until next week, it's goodbye from the team at Brainwaves. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.